Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. And we are so happy to be here today with Miss Nikki Cosmo, hypnotherapist, spiritual mentor, and badass. Welcome, Nikki. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to chat with you gals. We are too. We are too. It's so cool that we're finally connected because I've actually been seeing your social media content at at least for like a long time. It's been really drifting into my my sphere and, and then we were connected and you wanted to come on and I was like, yeah, let's... Let's start having like more um, in-depth conversations because you just, you post a lot of really inspiring things and um, yeah, we're just really excited to learn more about you. So would love if you could give the audience just a little bit more of your background, explain what you do and maybe how you got to be doing what you do. Yeah, totally. So hello, everybody listening and watching. I was telling the gals, this is my first live stream on Facebook. So this will be fun. Uh, Yeah, my name is Nikki Cosmo. I'm a hypnotherapist, spiritual mentor, and badass. Um, I would say I was a badass from birth. So that just came with being born. But uh, my background is actually in psychology. And I loved it. I did well in it. Um, I was always kind of a C average student. But once I got into college and started studying psychology, I was like blowing people out of the water, like A plus, A plus. And I was like, what the fuck? Who who is this? Who am I? Um, So I found my passion. But to be completely honest, I would come home from university and start like diagnosing myself as all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm that. Oh, my gosh, I'm this. And it got a little too heady. And I I didn't like that feeling. And so I ended up traveling the world for seven years. I was kind of this barefoot hippie for a while. And in the different places I lived, India, Indonesia, Thailand, Costa Rica, I really, I learned all these different alternative or holistic modalities, you know, anything under the sun from Thai massage, Reiki, like you name it, herbalism, I've done it all. And so then all of a sudden it all just like came together one day. I had the alternative side and then the psych, like the science, and I found hypnotherapy and it was just like a light bulb moment. I was like, that's, that's the thing. That's what I'm supposed to do. So um, here I am. The rest is history. (laughs) I love that. Wow. It seems like you've had a really uh, adventurous and diverse life traveling all those places. And Um, what type of hypnotherapy do you like to do specifically? Oh my gosh. I would say the thing I do the most is probably like guided imagery. Um, but I do quite a few deepeners in my hypnotherapy sessions. So people, 
tell me that my sessions are really cosmic. They feel like I'm there with them, although I only do 100% virtual at this point. Mm. Um, so mostly guided imagery, some past life regressions, some inner child. Love that. That's beautiful. What is what is guided imagery just for the listeners that might not know? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's fine. Yeah. So once I take the client into hypnosis, um, I use really specific words that I know counteract the negative narrative that's running in their mind. So I take really extensive notes during sessions and I just, I call myself a wordsmith. So it really just all makes sense that I'm in this, in this career. So I use the words to their benefit and then just take them on a journey, whether it's off to a tropical Island or the top of a mountain and, um, take them to places I know are, again, going to counteract their negative sort of autopilot way of living. Mm -hmm. So then they come out of it with those new positive suggestions, having chilled on a tropical island for an hour, even though they felt like they were there for days. So it's kind of like that. It's very similar to meditation, but um, because it's guided by me, by a professional, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what to say to their mind specifically that really locks in those new truths. Mm. And what type of, what type of, I don't know, beliefs do you help people with? Oh my gosh, everything. You know, some people choose a niche, you know, some people are weight loss or stopping smoking. Um, My clientele are, I don't want to be too labely, but definitely more um, in the spiritual community, kind of conscious doing the work type people. And so they want to come to understand their purpose or boost their confidence. Um, I do a lot around business and money as well. And so, yeah, I would say purpose, confidence, business, money. And mm-hmm. I also, you know, I have extra degrees in PTSD, grief and loss. That's also just due to my personal story. So some people come for that reason as well. Is there anything that can't, that someone can't be hypnotized for? Like, is there, is there any condition that hypnotherapy can't be used for? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, trigger warning here. I can't, I've had someone come to me and ask this, that, uh, a very fine gentleman wanted me to make him not gay. And that is just not something that we as hypnotherapists can do. It's also not like witchcraft, so it can't do any harm if someone wants to like, I've never had this happen, but if someone wanted to go in and do something negative to themselves or perhaps to someone else that just cannot be done. Mm. Mm. So is it like – that's interesting because I never thought about that. Is So his hypnotherapy, it's like you are able to shift somebody into something that is an alignment for them in their life in this, in this experience, but you can't shift them into something that is not in alignment for them, such as like if they're born gay, you can't shift them into not being gay because that is who they are. No? I mean – that's a great question. I wish, like, I wonder what a different example would be. Like, let's say, um, if you were, yeah, go for it. Well, like, if you wanted to, okay, like, I guess, I don't know, the other th- example I'm thinking of is um, weight. And I'm thinking about this specifically, for example, Lizzo, you know, Lizzo, mm-hmm. she always talks about how she's, she's been so spiritual her life and she's always felt that she was supposed to be big. She was supposed to be a bigger, beautiful woman. And that was part of her. She finally accepted it and realized, no, this is, this is how I'm supposed to present. 
and she knew it was a big part of her purpose. So like, I mean, that might not be the case for everyone, but for example, in her case, like maybe it would be if she was like, I just want to be skinny. I just want to, you know, would that not be something that would be easy to hypnotize her into? I mean, okay, I'll put it this way. So with, with the client, um, who wanted me to hypnotize him essentially to not be attracted to men, he knew in his heart of hearts that that was his truth. So Mm -hmm. I would not be doing him, I'd be doing him a disservice to change what he knows, what he knows is true about him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, you know, I, as a therapist, you hear everything. Like I hear everything. I hear all the nitty gritty. I've heard everything under the sun at this point. So knowing him as well as I did, it would be wrong. I think morally wrong of me to fulfill that request. So I more so would do sessions with him around clarity. Like let's find clarity or acceptance. Let's find acceptance around possibly being attracted to men. And what does that mean to you? And like, let's dive deeper into that. So I was more so implementing positive suggestions around being attracted to men as a male. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, that's what, that's what hypnotherapy is used for. It's to guide people more to themselves and their truth rather than like performing some sort of like, like you said, like magic spell or like witchcraft of like, okay, now I will manifest you this thing that really isn't in your highest alignment. A hundred percent. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. We love, we love hypnotherapy. We love talking about this because it's, it's really, it's just, it's, it's such a powerful tool. And before we dive into actually our topic, which is really interesting and going to be interesting to our community, um, when you were talking about the the imagery, the guided imagery, I would love if, because I, I talk about this all the time because it's fascinating to me. Can you speak a little bit to the way that like our body responds the same way to the things that we see, that we visualize, the power of visualization to things that... It, um, similarly to things in like the outer world. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I just think it's so yeah. empowering. Yeah, definitely. So first I'm going to recommend a movie. I believe it was like created in the 90s called Waking Life. Have you guys yep. seen that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh no. my gosh. Back in the day when I did a lot of acid, I would watch it while yeah. I was high on LSD, which is not my reality now, but it's an amazing movie, which talks about the similarities or not the similarities, let me rewind how your waking state and your dream state are just as they're just the same. And mm-hmm. so what that means is, you know, you hear people say all the time in our waking states, like you're creating a reality and it can be a challenging truth to understand if you're like, wait, what do you mean? I'm creating this computer in front of me just by, you know, willing it to be. But when we go into a hypnotic state, also known as a theta state, um, you're in that subconscious mind and the subconscious mind governs 95% of our mind roughly. And which means the other 5% is the conscious is, which is what we're using right now to speak to each other. That's a huge fucking difference. So Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind is just like this beautiful place that wants to absorb and play and learn. So imagine when you're in your dream state or in a state of hypnosis, all of that is being absorbed as your truth. I would say even more so than when we're walking around going to work or the grocery store. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. So like on that, with that being said, though, when you dream, I always let my clients and students know that when you dream, when you come out of a dream, it's not necessarily to be taken literally. 
It could be literal. Maybe we don't know. But if you see like a big purple dinosaur and you're like, why the heck did I see that? What does it mean? Oftentimes the subconscious mind is speaking to us in symbols and metaphors. So it's really just like kind of this playful zone to explore. And it's not as rigid as like this, you know, present waking logical state. Yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on um, lucid dreaming. Oh my God. Love. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Back in the day, again, when I used to watch Waking Life a lot, I would lucid dream all the time. And um, yeah, it's an incredible uh, experience to play with. There's a lot of different techniques. They say, like, try to write. You won't be able to write. And then once Mm -hmm. you notice that you can't write, then you're in your dream. Or if you switch a light switch on or off and it doesn't change the light, then you're in your dream. And then you can notice that you're in your dream. Yeah, that's interesting. So I love that because... um, as you're telling us about the symbols of the dream and things like that, and you're in your theta state, I'm just curious because it's like, if we can control our dreams, then what, you know, what does that mean? What symbol is that or symbology is your subconscious trying to tell you perhaps if you can control your dream. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, is that a question? Yeah. Yeah. What are your- I mean, I, I believe it's, this is just my opinion, of course, but I believe yeah. that that's just um, affirming how fucking powerful we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's easy to forget how powerful we are because we live in the Western world and we have our comforts and like our bookshelves and like, you know, you have your chair and I have my whatever certificates. And but if we really strip down to like who's inside, like what's inside mm-hmm. that thing, the spirit or the soul or the energy is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Me too. You're good at really giving, like, obviously, this is what you do for a job, but you're so good at putting images in my mind as you're talking. I, I love it. And I just, I don't know. It's really nice to remember that from time to time. Um, Yay. That's a good, so, that's good feedback. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's great. You're you're obviously great at what you do. And um, so you mentioned that with your hypnotherapy, who, who you predominantly work with are like the conscious change makers, leaders, business owners, um, people who are doing the work and would love to dive into this topic with you of showing up authentically as a conscious or a spiritual business owner, entrepreneur, because I, you know, our I'd say probably a third of our audience is that would would qualify under that category in some regard. And um, we obviously are. And I know that it's been a big topic of discussion of how to show up authentically when all the models of business thus far have been very like masculine, patriarchal, from that old paradigm of like, you have to be this official thing, you have to do things like X, Y, and Z. Um, And when we are like these spiritual, intuitive, energetic beings who feel so much and feelings typically aren't like included in business, I know this has been a big question for people, like how do I combine these things and feel authentic to myself? So would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, all, all of that. Yeah. Fantastic question. Which is, it makes me laugh because almost everything I do in my business is feeling. I'm like, "Mm, let me check in. Nope. Don't like that. Not going to do it. (laughs) So, you know, this might seem so cheesy or whatever, but the more that we show up exactly as we want to, 
and the little like side pair, like in parentheses, as long as we're not hurting anyone along the way, as long, if you just do what you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it, that's literally my business model. You would not believe how, how many people ask me, what's your business model? Who did you get coached by this, that, and the other? And I'm like, mm-hmm. not none of it. Oh, I love your branding. How did you do it? I'm like, my branding is literally just me. Like I just show up as myself, which is really this beautiful balance of spiritual, really grounded, really centered, a great listener. But then I have this really confident, sassy, badass side and I cuss a lot. And I love that I have both of those and I show them both. So I have clients all the time who Let's okay. Here's an example. I took, I used to be a photographer. So I took these beautiful photos of a friend, maternity photos, and she looked gorgeous. I mean, new mom, here we go. She never ended up posting them. I'm like, why didn't you post those? You're gorgeous. She's like, well, my mother-in-law follows me and like my so-and-so follows me and this person. And I just don't really want to. So take that experience or that scenario. If we are holding back our true nature of what we want to do or show or say just because grandma's watching or mother-in-law's watching, then you will be held back your whole fucking life. Mm -hmm. It's just as simple as that. So I always tell people if it is that bad and you are going to offend grandma, maybe block her on Instagram. I mean, I know it sounds sad, but like if you're going to hold yourself back due to three people, when you have thousands of others who need your medicine, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. How do you help people change that belief? Because I feel like that's a big thing that holds a lot of people back is the fear of what others think of them or the fear of rejection. Yeah. And that can be said with so many different aspects of our lives. So what are some hypnotherapy is one, but what are some other tools that you use with people? Yeah. I mean, hypnotherapy first and foremost, of course, but I always give my clients homework afterwards. So journaling, I'm a gigantic advocate for journaling and writing um, because when we write, especially free writing, it's a hypnotic exercise. We go back into that theta brainwave state when we just let the pen go and a lot can be illuminated through writing. Um, More specifically to your question on how do I help them you know, um, overcome that. I just, because I've been there and I'm not the queen of England, like I'm not perfect. Sometimes I still care what people think. Sometimes I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have posted that. But Mm -hmm. I check in with myself in that moment and go, where is that fear coming from? Yeah. Because if if it's a fear of rejection, okay, maybe there's two trolls out of, you know, the 13 and a half thousand followers I have. So I'm going to get about 13,000 likes and then two trolls, you know, We always focus on the negative. We focus on the what ifs or uh, when really there's so many more beautiful people who are, you know, clapping us on, cheering us on. And so what I do is I just really drive home competence, self-assuredness, groundedness, you know, because we all have it. Mm -hmm. I struggle a lot with like social comparison. I I, I feel like I have this especially in the business world. Like, I feel like I have this, I also have this thing where I'm like, um, it's like I'll have success in one area and I'll have like a lot of eyes on me. And then suddenly I'll look over at what someone else is doing and how they're doing it. And I'm like, oh, like maybe I should be, I, I have this sort of like chameleon thing going on that I, 
you know, I reflecting on it myself, I feel like comes from a place of what you're talking about, like an insecurity in my myself and in trusting myself and in allowing that to be displayed because I think it's not enough. Um, so I, I, I've like, I can't even tell you how many times this year I've made content and deleted it like same day. And, and I've had a lot of success with my content. Like it's not that I haven't, it's just that I don't know, I get into these trends where I'm just like, I don't think this is enough. And so I don't know, what do you say to that not enoughness that so many of us feel? Yeah, I would say not enough for who? Um, not enough for, I don't know, others, not enough for me. I don't know. I don't know if it's me or others. I I think it's others. It's social acceptance. It's social acceptance. Yeah. So then the next question would be, okay, not enough for others, but then we're putting others all in the same bowl Mm -hmm. when others is probably a hundred thousand different types of minds, hearts, souls, you know, so others is just it's like a false belief. Like it doesn't exist. Like, cause if you're saying everyone else over there is others, like that's not a real thing because what I think of your post and what Anne thinks of your post and someone else that loves you will be like, yeah. And then maybe like your grandpa or whoever would be like, I didn't really like that, but Gramps, you know, he's <laughs> doing his own thing over there. He's like from a different time and space. And maybe there's a troll who comes forward like, well, you know, fact checking and that was wrong. Well, okay, troll, that's fine. I wish you luck. And then just block that person yeah. because there's a saying that I love that goes, what other people think of us is none of our business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so sort of a mantra I've been using as of late, like the past couple months, a lot. And I'm going to take that into the new year. And I suggest everybody else does too. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that as well. I think that is like the biggest, for me at least in my life, and I know for a lot of other people, that is like the biggest thing that I need to practice in my life is like being enough, and this is what you're speaking about, is like being enough for yourself, like having your own approval and that being the all that you really need at the core. I think we're just so trained and this is going back into these old like business ideas and just old societal ideas. We're so trained to say like, how are others perceiving me? Are they accepting me? Do they like this? Is this successful? Is this being well received? Right? So I think it's like very, it feels very foreign and very strange to, and and, and vulnerable to be like, well, that doesn't really matter, you know? Like we're moving way more into that direction, but it just, I think is so, you're socialized in school, you're, and you're educated to behave that way, to like get the approval, you know? Totally, totally. And you know what, even we're all humans. So we're, we all are going to think at some point like, oh man, what do they think of me? Whether it's an Mm -hmm. Instagram post or if you're just walking down the street in like a hot new outfit and you're like, ooh, but also to remember that everyone has their own like filter that they're looking through their own lens. So, you know, how one person might perceive me is going to be wildly different than how another person and another person perceives me. But if I know that how I'm showing up in my life is centered and like from my heart and from my truth, then that's all that matters. It doesn't really matter what lens everyone else has. Um, You know, I always say that I also teach a lot of trainings and in those trainings, I'll say to my students that, as long as you are operating from your heart, 
as long as you're operating from a good place, like genuinely wanting and trying to be a good human, then you can't get it wrong. Mm. You can't. Whatever pursuit or goal you're trying to reach, you can't get it wrong if you are operating from a place of authenticity, love, and truth. But if you are like purposefully being an asshole, then yeah, things aren't going to work in your favor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people will feel it. People can, you know, people can sense energy. So if you're if you're inauthentic and like some jerk, people will know. But um, yeah, you know, most of the people in my not most, all the people in my vicinity are not jerks or assholes. So I just always kind of reflect back to them. You're literally perfect as you are. Just keep climbing that ladder. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Mm, I love that. What's the, to switch gears just a little bit, going back to like business owners, what's the number one thing you have found when you work with entrepreneurs or business owners um, that they are dealing with in their business or their personal life that you're helping them with. So like for me, I know that um, last year I was so overwhelmed. I really, really dealt with burnout. I did way too many readings because I thought I could take it all on myself and I could do everything. And then the rest of the year I ended up paying for it because I was just burnout. So what's, what's something that you have found your skills that really helps with entrepreneurs or or business owners? Yeah, I'd say number one is money mindset, like building their wealth and abundance and their wealth consciousness. Because I work with people who are brand new in their entrepreneurial ventures, and they have, you know, 500 followers, and they're, they've done maybe one session every three months. And Mm -hmm. I work with some big time, big name celebs. So we're all across the board trying to make more money. And it doesn't really matter where you're coming in from celebrity status or brand new. Um, I have the wherewithal to really read between the lines or more so listen between the lines Mm -hmm. and hear where the disconnect is. So then when I take them into hypnosis, I mean, I can't even count how many money hypnosis sees hypnosis I've done. (laughs) Don't know if that's a word. (laughs) It is now. (laughs) I, I bet because that's another thing we t- we really like. We were just talking. We had another guest who was talking about quantum wealth a couple weeks ago, and we were talking all about how you know I think in the spiritual community especially there's been this misconception like oh if I'm spiritual and I'm a good person then I don't need money and I shouldn't want money and only <laughs> bad people have money. And this misconception has really led us to not only continue to be in scarcity mindset or like many people in the spiritual community, but also it's really disempowering the spiritual Mm -hmm. community and the people who are conscious and are doing the work and really do want the best for the planet and want to see things change. We are not the one, if we continue to like believe those things about money, we can't play in the game. We can't play. We have no power. We can't make decisions. And all we are doing is allowing the same people to make the same decisions. So um, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, I was once that person. I was so far down the spiritual, um, you know, like woo-woo side of everything, so far down that I had to kind of pull myself out of it. And when I was in that reality, you know, that time frame of my life around seven years ago, um, that I remember that was all I heard. It was just like, oh, like, you, yeah, you can't be spiritual and be wealthy. You can't yeah. even say the word rich and uh, trigger warning. So many love you all so much. But when it's like you're 
energetic rainbow prismatic like investment. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, just yeah. save, yeah. save money. This yeah. is what it costs. This is my price. This is what I charge. Because if you yeah. can't even say the words, then you're uncomfortable with it. And you can't mm. hate the thing you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so if you don't like money, it's not going to come to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I help a lot of people with that because again, um, being an intuitive business owner, a lot of what I do is yes, skills and schooling, but also just in the moment, intuition. And because mm-hmm. I've been where most of my clients are currently now, um, that's why I call myself a mentor because I do offer, you know, some advice and even some storytelling when I feel like it's necessary to go, look, you can absolutely be spiritual and rich. Um, which if we take that down a notch, everyone is spiritual. Spiritual is not burning sage and like sleeping with a crystal and drinking 10 gallons of lemon water in the morning and standing on your head. That's not spirituality. If you're a human living on this planet, you're already spiritual. So I also kind of break that down that it's not what you, what we see being portrayed. Um, But I can say that because I once was there. I was the person trying to push ayahuasca on everyone I knew. And they're like, okay, cool it down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, we, we've been talking about that recently too, how Ambrosia and I like have kind of gone through that journey recently in the past few years. Like when we met, we were both really, 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 really down the rabbit hole. And it's been interesting to watch, to have our own experience with it of realizing like all of that, like all of that stuff is really fun to talk about for a while. And it still is sometimes, still is fun to, to you know, we do some really woo-woo stuff on this podcast. Like we'll... Ambrose is a psychic medium, so we'll, like, interview dead celebrities, stuff like that. It's fun, you know? But ultimately, I think the um, the the spiritual journey is about, like, kind of going to that place and then bringing it back down here on Earth because we're actual, like, material nice. beings. We're earthly beings. We're here to have that earthly experience, not to be up in the clouds at all time because how will we – how will we impact anything down here? You know, yeah. so yeah. not to be an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that you said that because that is the exact sentiment that I have to, I have to reel some of my clients back in some of them that are really, and no judgment, just an observation, like really kind of in deep down into that stuff. And I'm like, look, mm-hmm. you happen to be living in 2021. You happen to be a human. I know that you're telling me you're an alien in a past life. I was too. But let's make the most out of this human experience. Instead of, that's what I started to see a lot and dislike was all the ayahuasca ceremonies or all of the rituals every day. And then that in itself can be an escape. Just like like alcoholism or like, you know, sex, like even certain aspects of spirituality can be escapism. So yeah, totally. I love that you said that. It's like, let's just love and embrace the human experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a funny, it's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. Like I'm not human. I wasn't human in a past life. I think it's a rabbit hole. Like we all go down and then like your mind gets blown. Once you realize you create your own reality, you go through like that Jesus aspect of like, oh my God, I'm the I'm one. It. Yeah. And then you need to come back down and kind of like integrate what you've learned. I think that's the big key here is integration. And that's to me, 
and correct me if I'm wrong because you're the practitioner, but I feel like that's what hypnotherapy does is it helps you integrate it and it helps you kind of take this concept or this thing that happened and really kind of like sit with it and understand um, different aspects of yourself. Am I right? What are your yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I can't speak for all hypnotherapists, but I will say that with the feedback I've gotten, because I offer a lot of aftercare, Mm -hmm. that I do that because I understand how important integration is. You know, my family lineage, um, you know, has suffered from mental health and addiction for as far back as I know or consciously Mm -hmm. believe it goes back and back and back. So I understand even from that viewpoint, that integration into any type of new way of life or way of being is so important that aftercare is so important or else it's very easy to go back or not feel like you got anything out of it. Yeah. Um, Jessica Sway on uh, Facebook was just commenting on what we were talking about, about like being disconnected and being so like up in the air. And she said, I'm being guided now to come back to earth. I'm coming from that place. So I'm working on it now. Um, Yay. Love that. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, Nikki, what do you think of, why do you think that humans are so obsessed with like anything but here. Like, why are we so obsessed with finding out what we were in a past life or how many times we've been here? Or like, why are we so obsessed with that rather than being obsessed with this like in the flesh experience? Because nobody likes discomfort. Mm. And I hate to break it to everybody, but part of the human experience is discomfort. Yeah. There's no one, I don't care who you tell me right now, whether it's the Dalai Lama, Mother Teresa, or fucking Tony Robbins or Oprah, none of them are a hundred percent comfortable. You know, we all have traumas and sadnesses and depression, anger. We all have the the bumps in the road that feel like you're literally dying. Um, But that's every human. So I kind of like the darkness. I like that discomfort. I like the triggers because I just know that that's my deeper self or my higher self giving me information. So as a whole, it's hard to speak for the whole entire planet, but I'll say maybe for the whole Western world, um, Western societies, we're not really given the tools to accept um, the darker parts of life or the harder parts Mm -hmm. of life. And in other traditions, more, you know, native traditions, they absolutely do. They, they celebrate death. They talk about, you know, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Westerners, like, like us and most people listening, we want to escape from the hardships because we weren't really given the tools or the verbiage to know how to not even overcome it, just be with it, you know, and then it'll pass and then we're happy. And then it ebbs and flows. You know what? I just got, you just gave me once again, the coolest, like, uh, imagery and like parallel of I was listening recently to um I forget who she was but she she just recently wrote a a book on dopamine and she's talking about how dopamine works and how they've learned that dopamine um it's like a seesaw like when you get dopamine on so on that side is pleasure and on the other side is pain And so when you get dopamine, you have to counter, it has to go back to the other side in some way, it has to balance out. So you'll get a little dopamine, you get a little pain later on. And um, 
you just kind of when you're talking about how we just totally won't eat, we won't talk about death we don't like discomfort at all and we're talking about staying in this like really airy fairy space um it's like that it's like we've stayed up we've gotten so much dopamine right like trying to avoid the discomfort we're all up here and now we're all having to collectively go to the other side in a lot of ways and experience all this like death and change and pain and transformation, not because we're wrong or bad or anything. It's just the balancing of pleasure and pain and beauty and sorrow and sweetness and sourness, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Death and life. Yeah. Death and totally. Life. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, that's really cool imagery. Um, Awesome. Do you, this is, this, this question just popped into my head, Nikki, but I feel like I have to ask you. Um, Do you, so do you believe in reincarnation? Yes. Okay. So at this point in time, today, January, uh, December 17th, 2021, uh, if you had to decide today, are you going to come back again to this planet? Yeah, I would. Okay. But I also, know, I also know that this is not my last lifetime. I feel like I'm nearing yeah. the tail end of my lives, but I don't think my work here is done. I've made a fair bit of mistakes in my life and yeah. <laughs> probably hurt a lot of feelings along the way. And so I feel like um, I still have some work to do myself, you know? And so I feel like I'm humbled enough to say that. And um, with the wisdom I've learned in this lifetime, at least bring it back and continue to better myself, but hopefully better the world too. Mm. It's beautiful. Ambie's yeah. not coming back. She oh, said I'm she, not coming back. She said no. she's this she's opted out. You opted out. All right. And I'm <laughs> well, like, <laughs> I'm the friend over here who's like a little butthurt. I'm like, no, you have to come back. Like, I'm probably going to come back like next summer. Come on. <laughs> next summer. Well, we'll see you in the cosmos then, yeah. Ambie. <laughs> yeah, I could be your guide. That'll be fun. I'll yeah. Do that. Okay. I'll be your guide. I like that idea. Um, Nikki, how can people contact you? How can people work with you? What services are you offering right now? Let people know. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is where I'm most active. So that's at Nikki Cosmo. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, but that's Nikki with one K Cosmo with a Z, not an S, um, making it real easy for you guys. And then my website is just NikkiCosmo.com. And I offer private one-on-one hypnotherapy sessions. And actually launching in February, I am running a training to become certified in hypnotherapy. So if this feels like your path, it's launching on 22222. That's awesome. Is it a Yeah. Awesome. I'll check that out. I've always been really, really drawn to hypnosis. And I am an EFT practitioner and I use a lot of visualization in my my session. So I'll definitely check that out. And uh, if you guys want to check it out, yeah, we will have Nikki's information in our show notes. Uh, so you can just go there if you're listening on the audio version and click and be directed right to her and definitely make sure you go over and give her some love and give her a follow. She posts really beautiful, amazing content. And Nikki, is there anything else you want to share before we sign off? Oh my goodness. Just be yourself. That's, that's what's coming to mind. I know that, that it might seem cliche, but it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If you want to do something, if you want to show up on Instagram, I'm calling it. This is what I'm doing for 2022. You're all welcome to use it too if you want. It's confident sass. Like just fucking Ooh, I like that. confident and sassy. Fuck it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Confident I love that. sass. Fuck that's it. what everybody needs. 
<laughs> that is what is going to heal the planet. Indeed. Um, thank you so much, Nikki, for being here. This has been amazing. You're just like such a ray of sunshine. And this has been such a beautiful conversation. Amazing. And- thank you guys both so much. This was really a pleasure. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you all for watching on Facebook. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Keep on blooming. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.